I'm Alika Pearson, and right now I feel disgruntled about my running life. We are live. The... <laughs> we're, we're live for another episode. And by another one, I mean the first the official episode. Very first one. Of The Running Brunch. Um, ben, give give our listeners just a quick reminder. I know we've already done kind of our episode zero, our welcome episode. But give everyone just kind of a quick little snapshot into so the purpose and the idea behind uh, the podcast. And, and why, why it's called The Running Brunch as well. Right. So kind of the goal that we have uh, for our listeners and for each other and for the guests that we bring on um, is to have quality conversations about the difficult um, sides of training and how you're not alone and what you're experiencing as a listener, as a runner, um, as an athlete in general. And that no matter the the platform that you have or the level that you're at in your athletics, that there are um, people going through the same exact thing as you are, um, whether they're uh, professionals going through injuries or they're couch to 5k people struggling just to get out the door for the very first time. Our goal is to sit a, sit across from those people and ask them questions, have good conversation, uh, also while enjoying some uh, some fun different foods. Uh, we, we hope to be able to experience uh, people's versions of brunch, whatever that is. Uh, in the varying uh, in the varying interpretation of what brunch even means. Yeah, which whoa. <clears throat> there's varying there's varying interpretations of how we should be distance runners. Varying interpretations of of what what, what even is, is a runner. What is a runner? What's correct form? Well, and so I mean, in the same way, that there's differing opinions on brunch. Uh, you know, it's seamlessly uh, feeding into the conversation on running. Uh, ben, uh, you know, before we hop into our conversation with our guest today, uh, before we give the big reveal, um, although probably in the title yeah, of the episode, you know, so. we've probably already given away. Uh, but but tell us a little bit about just kind of like where you are and your running uh, your your running life right now. Are you training for anything? Are you taking a break? What what's running looking like for you right now? So right now uh, I'm just building up. I finished a 5K specific block through the spring. It was I think relatively good. I uh, never got to see quite where my fitness uh, was at the end of the block. I picked up a new coach. Um, I was previously coaching myself just utilizing either Jack Daniels or Pete Pitzinger. A little, um, a little Ryan Hall action, a little Ryan coaching Hall. yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but then just going uh, off those books and then reached out to actually my boss at work at Rush Running. Shout out to Mike Rush. Shout um, out. And I just kind of said, hey, I'd love if you were able to coach me. And he said, you got it. And I just started um, just base building. I'm doing, let's see, this week is all eights and a 10. So all eight miles, six days a week, and then a long run. Nope, long run of 11, not 10. Okay. 10 was last week. Um, you did sevens and a long run of 10 last week. Last this week, week, eights and a long run of 11. And then another week of that. So we're, we got about nine weeks of base building, um, and then we're going to do an, another 5K time trial at the end of that, and then we'll kind of go from there and see if 75 is a good sweet spot. Uh, or if we need to continue to up the mileage, uh, eventually training for a half. So uh, that's kind of where we're, that's where we're headed. Peter, I know that you've kind of had some interesting experiences over the last, what, two, three weeks? Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us about that? I mean, uh, for those who already know me, uh, which I would guess most of our listeners at this point uh, are people that know our names and know our lives already, but know that I... Um, that it's uh, a lot easier for me to stay fit in the cycling world, um, just because of some calf, um, some calf injuries, or just just I've got some adhesions or some 
um, some scar tissue, different spots in my calves that I'm, I'm currently going to physical therapy for, um, trying to become a runner again. Um, and so cycling has been, uh, cycling has been uh, easier to stay um, consistent with and uh, it doesn't, the, the less pounding and the less, uh, there's less of a need to explode off of your toes. Um, cycling's been the thing and I decided to bomb down a hill recently um, I was on, uh, it's going to go on maybe like a 40 mile ride or so, um, which would be, what, what's the equivalent, uh, in running, uh, what a 20, uh, a 40 mile bike ride be? What a 40 divided by three is yeah. a number. That's... Well, 39, uh, uh, divided by three would be 13, uh, cause yeah. 36. Thir- it's about, about 30. 13 miles, right? So, Roughly. Um, so just to give you a frame of reference rather than going, oh my goodness, 40 miles, um, it's a, a good ride, but, but nothing too crazy. And, uh, and I had not ridden this hill in about, uh, two years. And I forgot that halfway down the hill, there's a nice sharp right hand turn that's blind, a blind right hand yeah, turn. It's... And so even though I'm out in the middle of nowhere, there's, uh, not a whole lot of cars out there, but I have no idea if a car's coming up this hill. So I can't take it wide and thus be able to, to approach the turn correctly. And so I had two options, either try to f- finish the turn and probably lay the bike down and get tons of asphalt road rash in my legs and hips and elbows and probably would have landed on my shoulder and I probably would have still hit my head on the asphalt as well. And so instead of, I opted for no road rash uh, and I went for the grass instead and there was more of a ditch than I was hoping for and I did what cyclists called, uh, call an endo and I went uh, end over the bars and um, <laughs> re-injured my shoulder, uh, staples in my right elbow, landed in a, um, a thorn bush. If there was no ditch I probably would have had enough speed to go into the barbed wire fence uh, thankfully, my adrenaline was pumping enough to get up and go to the bottom of the hill and call some friends to come pick me up. Uh, so currently, I'm, I'm going to PT for, for uh, my shoulder, my neck, um, just some stiffness in my neck since landing partially on my head. And, uh, and um, thankfully, I had already scheduled uh, you know, to do PT for my calves because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm, I'm, kind of done with just that I'm going to rest for a little bit in order for my calves to be ready to roll again I've just kind of found that um I probably uh, I just have some some old nagging injuries and uh and anytime I do anything uh elongated explosive workouts uh, my calves flare up and uh especially coaching out at John Brown I, I like to do workouts with our athletes and would also like to give um racing another shot and I, I think it'd be fun my legs will allow to to dip my toes into um, at some point in my older life some some form of ultra marathoning. Um, wow! So uh, hopefully just a, a healthy dose of our own uh, realism of just the difficulty of, of getting out the door uh, as runners and whatnot. Um, so I'd I'd love for uh, to minimize the things that keep me from getting back on my feet and running. And so I'm going to do some some PT. There you go. Um, we'll see if I can join you for any races sometime soon. Cool. Love that. So, Peter, today we've uh, we got a guest with us. First first guest. First guest. First guest. First episode. Um, we've got uh, one of our actual athletes. John now. Brown, University Golden Eagle. She's a graduate She's now. graduate, yeah. Miss Alica Pearson, hailing from Siloam Springs, grew up there, 
Um, race just there, race trained there, there, trained there. Whole whole uh, running career has has been uh, based out of Salem Springs, and actually, uh, as I think she'll tell us on the the episode today, she's a uh, She's about to start a grad year um, uh, at a uh, UCCS in Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs. It's your, uh, University Colorado, Colorado Springs. Yep, go uh, Mountain Lions. Go Mountain. That's right, Mountain Lions, wow. not Panthers or Cougs. Panthers, Cougs, uh, Mountain Lions. Too many dang feline mascots. Let's see if we can give a rundown of Alika's accolades before we bring her on. Just, uh, I'm sure she would rather us uh, toot her own horn rather than uh, her do it. Um, she let's see in high school um she is a four-time team state champion yeah team state yes she's a four-time team state champion um what is Salem springs high school is that 3a i believe it's 3a 3A. yeah it's not not quite yeah i think it's 3a it's not quite the smaller private schools but Mm -hmm. not 6a 5a obviously not 4a as well two three my lord (laughs) (laughs) three my lord three um, um, so t- so four time four team time. state champion. Yep, uh, um, she holds the records at Siloam for the sixteen hundred, so the mile, mm-hmm. uh, and she is part of the four by eight uh, record holder squad. Wow. Um, her interesting high school five k PR. Yeah, uh, was a twenty forty three. Keep that in mind when yeah. we get later on uh, twenty forty three for her five k PR. Okay, nothing nothing blazing. No. No, plenty fast to to get you up in the front of some races, depending on where you are. But definitely, there are girls that are even in the state of Arkansas running significantly faster than that in high school. Yeah. Um, Then she goes to John Brown, Mm -hmm. also located in Salem Springs. Kind of the the Pearson family, uh, kind of um, heads of state, if you will, um, at John Brown University. Like long lineage of family members. Uh, not only attending, but also competing for John Brown. And coaching, uh, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Which so, I just found out recently. Yeah, did you read that article? No, I talked to Robin, the AD, about it. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah John Brown has some sort of magazine <laughs> they put out, and they featured uh, Alica and her brother, Elliot. And uh, Elliot's really strong mustache right now. Yes. Have you seen him? His mustache is looking real nice right now. Um, and then, and then her dad, uh, Matt, uh, used to coach mm-hmm. at JBU and, and also ran there, um, and has some nice personal accomplishments as well. Yeah. Um, so with her career at John Brown, uh, Alica holds records. I mean, right now it's everything 800 and above <laughs> indoor, <laughs> outdoor and, uh, cross country. And, and what's funny is that she would, uh, she would probably agree that she is not an 800 runner. No, she, she does not have 800 turnover. And, uh, and yet, with it being a young track uh, program, uh, we've yet to bring in actual 800 speed uh, right. to, to top her. Yeah, so, and I mean, even that, despite being a young program, she's uh, had eight national appearances. Wow. Indoor and outdoor and cross-country, I think, is included in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in those eight appearances, so she could do multiple events at those appearances, so eight separate appearances at eight separate nationals. Mm-hmm. She is a four-time All-American Two time in cross country, mm-hmm. one time in the five k indoor, and one time this past spring in the ten k outdoors. Yeah, um, and she probably my favorite race I've watched and seen her run. I guess that's what watching is. Duh. Some people would say. Some yes, that's what say. they would say. Yeah. Um, but was at the Texas Relays where yeah. she? I think it's her PR for the ten k. It's thirty six oh one something like that. Is that great? That's um, a great question. 
and she got sixth at the Texas Relays, okay. um, which behind D1 athletes and then all D1 athletes behind her. Uh, um, important question uh, for just you personally. Yes. Are you a hook em horns or saw em off guy? The, with the whatever down, horns yeah, down. Yeah, is. saw them off, saw off those yeah. horns. I don't know anything about okay. college sports. So I just I just like seeing horns down, baby, because yeah, it's funny mean. and it makes people mad. <laughs> so. And apparently the NCAA is getting involved now. And Appa- people, allegedly. Are they fining people or maybe suspending people? There's there's something going on where people are actually getting in trouble for doing the hand gesture of down with the horns, uh, even though I, I don't have an actual hatred for, for Texas uh, I don't. I think it's hilarious that we're punishing people for for uh, going down with the horns. Yeah. So whatever. Anyway, um, yeah. So she incredible performance this past spring at the yeah. Texas Relays. Yeah. Um, she's gonna be doing her grad year at UCCS, like we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick, probably yeah. my my favorite Alica memory um, in her racing career would have been uh, indoor track at Missouri Southern <laughs> yep. State University. Um, I think this would have been indoors 2021. Um, Alec was running a 5K, and it was hot inside of their inside of their zero track air conditioning, zero air conditioning. And uh, long story short, just so ridiculously entertained as Alica has broken out a massive lead on the pack and and has the wherewithal and is she is awake enough to make eye contact with me uh, middle miles of this 5K and point at one of the doors on the side of the facility asking me to open the door to let air in. Just like hilarious that not only is she commanding the race, but she's uh, quote unquote commanding her coach <laughs> to, to open a door to let some air flow in. Just, I, I laughed my face out and then uh, my, I laughed my face out. Um, Inside, I don't out. know how it's physically or scientifically possible, but it happened. Um, and, and that was part of then my, my spurring on of her in following laps. Just like, you're ridiculous how awake you are that you can ask me to open open the door and 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 so you don't you don't need me at all you go ahead just just dominate this race so just her alertness was was hilarious and and wow like blew my mind it's incredible um i can i I don't know if i've ever had a race where i've been that aware and (laughs) in that in the lead of just be i don't don't even know if i ever led a race that's like an actual race let alone like be aware of like yeah i'm a little hot can we get a door open in here it's it's a little stuffy can you guys do something about the music in here as well um yeah, so we mentioned her 5K PR in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, her post, so in college, her 5K PR has now dropped down to 1710. So, was so that three, three and a half minutes? Three and a half minutes over the course of four years. <laughs> yeah. Got, yeah. Coming from no, nothing special high school 5K person yeah. to 5K indoor All American yeah. uh, in, the, in the NAIA. Yeah. Um, just yeah. uh, great athlete, phenomenal person. Um, she, I, I'm excited for us to be able to talk to her tonight. It's gonna be, gonna be a great time. Pretty stoked. Pretty yeah. stoked. Ben, uh, let's bring on Alec. Let's bring her on. Well, Alica, thanks for joining us here today. We're excited to uh, ask you some questions about your running life, um, and just uh, discuss our, our love for running and, and the world. So, thanks for being here today. Yeah. Um, Alec, give us just kind of like a, a history lesson on on your running life, uh, where it began, and where it's taken you uh, until today. Most importantly, let's start with. What did you bring for brunch today? It's a really, you know what? Thank you for getting us on track. The, the most, uh, the most important thing about today is what are we brunching on? We we brunched on a um, Amy's Foods gluten free burrito with the cheese. So it has rice and beans and cheese. And I used Peter's microwave to microwave <sighs> it. 
and it busted open, which is fine. Not the microwave. No, 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 no. The microwave. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was the microwave. It it exploded open with flavor. Okay, burrito busted, um, so I ended up eating it with a spoon, which Mm. is on brand for me, because I usually eat things with spoons. Yeah. So, do you have a, yeah, why? Why why spoons over forks or sporks? Why not just split the difference? Because spoons, if you need to scrape the extras, they can always scrape the extras. They work with a bowl really well, which is my preferred mode of transportation for the food. Yes. Mm. Um, and then also they can double as sort of a knife because of the edge. Mm-hmm. So you can still cut things with a spoon. Mm-hmm. And I just like how it doesn't have the opportunity to poke you. Oh. Thank you, Spoons, for not poking me. <laughs> right. Uh, follow-up question. Uh, what's the most uh, shocking thing you've eaten with a spoon? That someone would be like, wait, you ate that with a spoon? Oh. I don't know. You know, like George Costanza from Seinfeld uh, ate a Snickers bar with a fork and knife because he thought it was going to make him look more sophisticated. Unbelievable. Um, so, can you think of, like, an item of food that you've eaten with a spoon that was the most shocking? I mean, truthfully, I eat most foods with a spoon, so... Maybe a burrito would honestly be the most shocking. Most people yeah, 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 transport yeah. those with their their fingers. A burrito might be the most shocking. Have um, you eaten like a panini with a spoon? Like a like a like a full on sandwich? There's a burrito. Yeah. They, sometimes they serve it on a platter smothered in queso, and it's just like you know what? Yeah. You might as well just eat this thing with a spoon or a fork. But a sandwich, yeah. kind of, because you can eat a sandwich with a fork. Seems people cut up burgers, eat them with a fork. But I've I've eaten pizza with a spoon. Okay, Ooh. that. Yeah, you, that to me just you set should, off some alarms. Yeah, so. you should be uh, swiftly <laughs> put in an insane asylum. Yes. Um, this is this podcast is quickly just turning into just a food hour, which is yes. so fun. Uh, so we've got a burrito. We're yamming on. What else do we what do we got today? Ben Ben made us some no peach included Ugh. berry almond milk and peanut butter smoothie in a ninja blender. Before we hop off our food discussion and into running topics. Uh, Give us just kind of like um, Alica's view on the importance of food, because um, as as your coaches at John Brown, um, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, we've gotten to kind of see uh, behind the curtain and just know that you you do uh, care about um, your nutrition as a runner. Um, and so give us give us just a, a picture into that. Follow up on his follow up after you answer his question. What is brunch? So answer Peter's question and then answer what is brunch okay um peter's question is food for me in relation to running is super important um obviously because you need energy to run but i have extra importance in my mind about it because um a lot of girls specifically in sport and this might be addressed later tend to underfuel. so i was like, that's not going to happen to me, and I want to feel good when I'm running, so I need to be eating enough, and it can't just be, like, a bunch of crap, and the, the way that your body processes different foods can um, help with different types of runs slash recovery and all that, and I wanted to figure all that out, so I'm actually going to school, to graduate school, to figure all that out, doing nutrition and dietetics so I can work with athletes. Um, and help them figure out their food things too. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can talk more about the the nutrition later on. I'm sure we'll, that'll come back up. Uh, back to Ben's uh, question. The as we named this podcast the the Running Brunch, uh, the debate uh, arose swiftly on what actually constitutes as brunch. And so, as our first guest um, 
let it, let the listeners know um, Alec's take on what constitutes what is required in order for something uh, or a uh, an event a, an intake of food to be considered brunch as opposed to any other kind of meal of the day. Sure. Okay. So brunch in my mind has to be eaten after nine thirty. Okay. And a.m. A.m. Yeah. And before 11.30 a.m. Okay. Okay. It has to be started before then. You yeah. can finish after 11.30. No. Good thing um, it's 10.45 a.m. right now. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's definitely not 6.31 no. Lies, lies, lies. However. Fake news. We Fake still news. had brunch. We're still brunching. See, yeah. Because then. So a so time of day matters to right, you. Right. And right. You, you said 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. So start time has to be within that two hours. Oh, it can okay. start there. Right, but it but doesn't have to finish inside of that block. No. Oh, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like so that. so there's a time requirement in your mind. Right. And it, then options can be sweet or savory, uh, and typically, people make them larger portions. Portions larger. Because it is taking up both your breakfast and your lunch. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, what um. You said sweet and savory, but is there are there any parameters for type of food? Um, or you can have any food as long as it's within that window. From all the menu perusing that I've done, specifically of places in Northwest Arkansas, most of the dishes include egg. Okay. Um, but being allergic to egg, as I am, there should probably also be some dishes that do not include egg, okay. so that I can participate in this brunch. So otherwise, you just you've never had brunch if it has to have egg, right? You know? Yep. Yeah, you you would not be a yeah, bruncher. You, you yeah. would just but oftentimes it does include egg and some form of potato, either hash brown or okay. cubed or Cute. fries. Would if you you're say... on the later side of brunch, that's typically the more savory and heavy. Okay. Uh, when when I say heavy, I mean like meats. And then if you're on the breakfast side of brunch and it's heavy, it's probably going to be some kind of sausage gravy with a biscuit and eggs type deal that's also heavy but then there are lighter options like maybe granola and yogurt and fruit okay. okay or on the later side so the lunch ish side there could be a salad okay a salad can be included wow it, uh, uh, this is on most menus i personally would not include a salad in my brunch options okay yeah I would. I can't. I can't do salad at brunch. Yeah. I just <clears throat> one food that screams brunch to me specifically is a lox bagel. So smoked salmon or cured salmon, cream yep. cheese, capers, tomatoes, red onion. Yeah. On, or within, yeah. be open or closed, bagel. I feel like most of the time those those lox lox bagel. Yes. I've never actually said it out loud, uh, even though I probably had one before. I feel like most of the time I've seen them open faced. Probably because of presentation, presentation, mm. which, if a restaurant does good at presentation, that, that thing's gonna be so open. It means that there's a higher chance for good tasting food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Ben and I, our our debate will probably last us uh, the entirety of this uh, podcast, so we probably won't uh, give much of our input in response to you. But um, it sounds like there's some time constraints. Uh, beginning between 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. Uh, it sounds like there are some food. It sounds like most of the things you were saying were breakfasty type foods. Not as much uh, lunch. Not as much lunch. and that Not really sandwichy. Um, you can't have a burger with an egg on it. Ooh. Okay, but you're breakfastizing 
the bird right, yeah. right 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 so, so there's some it's heavy breakfast emphasis emphasis mm-hmm. yeah on the brunch interesting Good. Uh, ben and I probably post uh, post recording will wrestle this out, and uh, and hopefully my injured shoulder will will not uh, get in the way of, of winning that battle. Uh, so uh, Ben, why don't you want to take us over from here and, and steer us more towards kind of questions for Alika and where where we're going in our discussion today? Yeah. Um, so Alika, the question that you asked that we asked you at the start, um, where I guess more of a, a sentence that we had you fill out. Uh, you then verbally filled out instead of using a pen. Fill that sentence out. Yep. You filled, you filled, you mad-libbed it. You guys ever play mad-libs? Anyway, uh, we had you answer the question, I'm Alec Peterson, and right now I feel blank about my running life, and you said disgruntled. Right. Uh, Which dictionary says words for that include angry and dissatisfied. Okay. So tell us about that. That's not weighty at all. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Brief, brief interjection here as we get into this. How long have you been running? I have been running since seventh grade, and I cannot tell you how many years that is. Maybe because math is hard, right? So I think I want to say like eleven years because I was twelve in eighth grade. So we'll mm. we'll say yeah, we'll eleven say years. Cool. Okay. How many of those years would you say have been that you would say that you have been satisfied with, and then compare those years that you have been or haven't been to the dissatisfaction or disgruntledness that you're feeling right now? Um, I would say my middle school years of running, I was pretty satisfied because I was doing it for the hex and giggles. Uh, with friends and then high school I was moderately satisfied but I was the person that always put in the work and the work didn't really show up in my abilities so I thought that I should be good but I wasn't and I was doing everything that I could to be good and it just wasn't there so moderate satisfaction enter college and new coach and new training instantly satisfied because shout out Shockler with some instant satisfaction (laughs) well done yeah 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 um the hard work results started showing up um probably from increased mileage more sleep and better nutrition um specifically I want to say more sleep not that I had bad sleep but I in college probably went to bed at my freshman and sophomore year was either 10 to 10 15 p.m. and then junior and senior year is more like 9 30 to 10. So I really got all the sleep in which was good for recovery um, and all of those years were very satisfactory and I went uninjured generally um, my entire running career until the spring of 2021 which was last, last year so basically almost 10 years of uninjured running. It's incredible. Yeah. Just a fluke fluke injury, or did it, did it happen around something else? What um, was the injury? How did it happen? So the injury was of both of my knees. I don't really know that it's an injury. It was overuse. Um, she no longer has her knees. Uh, we should make sure that's known. <laughs> um, Not true. But <laughs> so our, our seasons were all pushed to that spring, um, cross country, normally in the fall, was pushed to spring, and track is in the spring. Uh, due to COVID and all of the everything that happened to that. <laughs> so 
We just shoved a ton of meats in, and after the... Track meats, not various uh, types yeah, of Yeah, uh, filet mignon, yes. uh, <laughs> just um, lunch, lunch deli meats. Yeah, no, uh, tra- uh, track we meats. shoved track meats into the schedule. Track just meats, cross-country meats, all in one. In case right. we were still on... Your brain was still thinking sandwiches. No, 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 mm. we're, we're on a track now. We're on a track now. So, about like a third of the way through the season, um, my at, right after Cross Country Nationals, which was in it was April, early April, um, my knees were like, okay, we're done. We've been used a lot. So, we're going to quit. And I had to go into a bunch of like cross training, aqua jogging, and elliptical, doing workouts through that way, and kind of crutched my way to track nationals, which I had already pre-qualified for. So, yeah. Okay. So you crutched your way to track nationals, which you had already pre-qualified for. Right. And that was at the end of May 2021. Mm -hmm. And I did what I had to do there. And then, yeah. So at that point, I could run on ground again, and I was fine. I was just kind of tired of you know, all of the season stuff. So general fatigue instead of injury fatigue. Cool. And then where does that put us now? Now, uh, well, we tracked through summer, which included some more injury on a foot thing, and we don't know what that was. It was just like some really high inflammation. So I had to go back to aqua jogging and elliptical. Uh, inflammation on the arch, on the top the, of the foot, the heel. Where where was the inflammation? It was like tell. the upper heel, actually, kind huh. of into the low calf mm-hmm. um, on the outer side. So like Achilles or, or? It, it wasn't Achilles actually. We don't really know what it hmm. was. Okay. Um, so I worked through that and I that entered in July ish and I was back running on ground kind of end of August going into the my last cross country season with JBU. And that went okay. I was pretty dissatisfied with it just because well I had some really fast training and practices, but like races were not they were fine I just didn't feel awesome during them and then I felt awful during that nationals that was the worst trip I have ever cross country cross country nationals where was that at it was in Vancouver Washington and (laughs) (laughs) that was really bad Peter was there and physically bad uh mentally bad all of the above okay yeah all of the above so yeah um, physically bad. I actually felt really sick for two days, and I don't ever get sick. Mentally bad because I had been working through a lot of stuff throughout the season with like injury and some other things that kind of made me not focus on running. But also, I did focus on running because you know that's a good outlet for a lot of stuff. Sure. Yeah. And then, and then, if if you don't mind me interjecting, there was an element of this was the first time you had gone to nationals. And there were no other JBU teammates that also qualified or came along with you. It was you, the head coach, and the assistant coach. And uh, and so it was just like there was a loneliness element. Is that, is that yeah, true? Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, typically we have at least one guy qualify and um, coach lets us bring a teammate along to help us run while we're up there. Because we typically, whenever we go to nationals, competitions we spend a few days um beforehand just after to get the travel out of our legs and if there's a time zone change like get used to that kind of thing and just get settled wherever the competition is happening because they're usually about a day a day's worth of travel away so 
you don't want to just travel and then race. Although Peter had a really, really good 10K doing that. One of my best 10Ks <laughs> was in Costa Rica uh, after I had flown a red eye, which was preceded by eating Burger King in the Denver airport, flying the red eye to Costa Rica, landing at 5 a.m., um, and getting in the car to drive to downtown whatever town um, at 6 a.m. and racing at 7 a.m. And I raced my second fastest 10K ever um, on terrible sleep, uh, terrible airplane sleep and Burger King uh, fuel. Uh, so sometimes uh, the worst conditions add up to the least stress and least pressure and you just let it rip at that point. So I've been sponsored by Burger King ever since. And... Uh, <laughs> and and, and we can tell. There's a, there's a reason why I've gained weight and have slowed down. Uh, false. So. Um, Alka, during that during the fall this year, what was your training looking like, and how is that impacting your recovery for the injuries that you're experiencing? Um, my training really didn't change once I got off of uh, like the cross training, which. I would do elliptical on recovery days and just do equal time. Like if we were supposed to run six miles, that takes about, you know, 48 minutes. So elliptical for like 50 minutes and then at medium effort and that's a recovery. And then my workouts would be in the pool aqua jogging and those would be split up by different time intervals of pushing hard versus not pushing hard. Um, But once I got back on ground, like training, I just went right back into what coach had set out for everyone. Uh, When you first found out that you were going to need to do some cross training, uh, what was your kind of just mental response to that? Uh, Was there an expectation that, oh no, my whole season is going to be lesser than or um, my training is going to be off I'm, I can't still run fast because I'm not actually on the track on my feet running right. and whatnot. Um, so when you at least for me when I first get injured because this has happened a few times in a cycle now um, I get really upset in my brain but not necessarily outwardly except to my dad because he also gets injured in cycles and so he kind of knows what's going on in my head so I feel like I can let it out to him but to other people I'm just like it's going mediocre but I'll I'll get through it kind of thing um and there's like a day and a half of that but maybe more like five days of that and then I I kind of click into okay well the only option is to cross train so we're gonna do the best job we can at that and I usually get into a groove of doing that and I enjoy it a lot because sometimes you can get burnout from running Mm -hmm. on the ground all the time so why not run in the water? Hence your injuries. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Another great thing is on the elliptical, well, okay, m- let me preface this. While running, I don't like to run listening to anything if I'm outside. Like, I'll just, I'll, it'll be me and my clothes and that's it, and I'll go. I don't take a phone with me. I don't listen to stuff. If I'm on a treadmill, yeah, I'll listen to stuff because, like, Treadmills are the worst creation yeah, known worst, to man. But also, they're fine. Um, but <laughs> elliptical, usually what I do, if I, I like, I find an audiobook, um, <laughs> because those are fun, and I'll listen to those. And so I, Harry Potter has gotten me through a lot of cross-training, to be honest. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I just kind of dive into that, and my mentality goes to, yeah, I want to do my best at cross-training. Are you listening to the Harry Potter audiobook where the one guy does all the different voices for the characters? Yeah, there's there's Is there any other audiobook? I Potter? don't I don't know. That I just had to make sure, but that, that that guy is so talented. There are two 
variations of the Harry Potter books. One of them is by Jim Dale, which is the one that I listen to, and uh-huh. that one is incredible. Okay. And people say that the other one by this other guy is also very incredible, um, and that they both do the different voices extremely well. Have you yet to listen to both of them simultaneously and see if they just line up that second for second? That'd be really intriguing. That would you have two different people doing Hermione's voice at once one in your right ear one in your left I don't recommend it it might explode your brain but Um, Alka there was something I wanted to kind of go back to um, when you first started answering you said that you only talked to your dad kind of in that first stage of when you get injured or when you're having to start cross training why do you not or what what keeps you from reaching out to other people and like what is the hesitancy in that and why just like obviously I understand he's your dad that's great that's awesome I love it I love that you have someone, but why, why not anyone else? Like, why not include other people and not and do, include your dad, but then also others? What's the what goes on in your brain with that? Um, so I don't necessarily show my more frustrated and disappointed and angry side with other people because I don't I don't like to complain, especially in front of people. Um, on on at least athletics I might do it on other things and I'm sorry but <laughs> are you are you like trying to reconcile with someone uh, across the podcast I, I medium I don't know <laughs> look directly at, at Mike and, and you envision someone, someone as you said that <laughs> I envision no specific person yeah we'll include in the show notes Alec's number if you don't have it person that uh, had conflict with her you may have already deleted her number but you can reach out to her the number we'll include and it sounds like she's wanting to reconcile with you <laughs> Um, so I, I, I like to have, well, okay, also, also, okay, here we go. So I don't like to do the anger and frustration to too many people because then it's the more that I say it, the more that I think it, um, the more that I believe it. So if I'm Mm. telling other people, then it's going to be a problem for me. Uh, so if I'm only really letting loose to my mom and dad, um, they will take it and they'll understand it and they'll help me through it. But I don't need to let it fester in my mind any more than just letting them know how I'm doing. Um, because when it festers, not much can come that's good of that. So yeah, um, kind of going back to just the fact that you had a cross train. What kind of hope would you? I mean, you've gone through. You got injured uh, spring of 2021. It somehow still pulled out nationals uh, and did well there. Um, and then you had a summer to recover, still had some in, uh, some new and different injuries in your foot, and everything shifted in your mind, had to do cross-training. Spoiler alert, she, you then ran cross-country nationals and got 20-something? I want to say 28th or 29th. So in the midst of a season of cross-training, and, and things, quote-unquote, not being what you planned on them being. And then you went to indoor nationals, and you did what there? Uh, I placed fourth in the indoor 5K. Love it. And then outdoor track came around, and you competed in both the 10K and the 5K. 5K was the last one. was kind of just a joyride, as we talked about. Well done. You were burnt and spent, and as you should have been. But the 10K, you did what in the 10K? I placed seventh. 
Um, and all of these placings would be all American status, Love it. Uh, Love it. which the, is good the for, for the, the, uh, you know, uh, the lay person who doesn't know these things. That's good for us. So you're not necessarily just tooting your own horn. Beep, beep. Um, I said beep, beep, yeah, which is years was for sure. <laughs> After I tooted my horn, I beeped my horn. Well, um, you know, sometimes it's the action of tooting the horn yeah. and maybe someone's driving like a Volkswagen bug yeah, or a Mini Cooper. like beep, a beep, beep. That's a good You point. know? Uh, and so, like, what kind of hope would you uh, say to someone who's just gotten injured, as you've experienced getting injured and still accomplishing goals and whatnot? Um, well, obviously, goals can still be accomplished. I will say, whenever I went back to running on ground from cross training, whenever I do the track workouts, um, my times were super, super fast just because my legs were fresh from not having a lot of mileage on them but still getting in work. Uh, so that was encouraging. But then once I started ramping up the mileage, like times got a little slower, which is expected because, you know, when you're a distance athlete and you're running approximately approximately like 60 to 70 miles a week, I, me specifically, turnover can decrease a lot. As it should. As it should. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, if you keep working at it, and whenever you get injured, don't... I mean, yes, it's good to take time off, but depending on the injury, if you're still able to cross-train through it, I definitely recommend cross-training as opposed to full rest. Um, obviously, take your doctor's recommendations with that, too. <laughs> I was about to say. I am not a doctor, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I wouldn't just go couch potato mode because then you're going to be starting from literal ground zero and you could be starting from a higher block. Yeah, and I just think about the importance. Obviously, we, we talk so much as runners, um, the physical side and your training and your performance is huge, but obviously the mental aspect of being a distance runner is so massive. And so I, I just think about like how we can Ooh. damage ourselves mentally and it doesn't even matter what kind of good cross training we do and what kind of uh, good healthy physical things we do if we like ruin our, our mental state uh, because we talk negatively to ourselves as we're not getting to do the training that we had planned on and, and the season's not going to be what it was supposed to be, um, then we can come out of really great cross-training and, and legs feeling fresh and poppy, but our, our mental state is one that I'm, I'm already shot and I'm not going to be able to actually run as fast as I could have because I didn't win the mental game along the way. You were about to say something. Uh, well, I was just about to say that mental game is so important. Like, even the t super tiny things, which is cliche, yes. But, for example, like, when you're at a track practice and coach says, you have one more of this, or you've got this many, or how many have you done, and you say what you have, or you're like, ah, yes, we've got four left. And he says, okay, go get it. My response was always, like, yes, sir, or, like, party mode on like let's just go um instead of saying like oh man we've got four more like how can i do that it's just attack each rep with party in mind and man you're gonna go somewhere yeah red the, solo cup half full or red solo cup half empty <laughs> you just you keep that that party cup full yeah. Yeah. and you're looking at it like oh i've got I've got four more that's going to make me stronger. Awesome. Love it. But I think about like, like the moment that you say, oh, I've got four more, not only are you damaging yourself in your ability to get the most out of that next rep, but also like every teammate around you that just heard, oh, gosh, four more, has then internally, if not externally, said, oh, four more, I can't believe. And so like you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting your teammates. And then it's mm -hmm. just creating this, this, uh, this culture of uh, like, like more is too much for us. 
and then you forget race day being a, a success. Yep. Yeah. Especially yeah. with if you're if you're cutting yourself short, if you're selling yourself short already in workouts, and then just like Peter said, you go to you go to race day and you're on the line, and then you start thinking like, oh, well, I didn't do this many more reps, or I was complaining about this, and so and so down the row. Uh, in Peter Nice case, it was the guys from Adam State or Western or mines or whatever we're like well they did the full workout probably probably mm -hmm. at a higher altitude than we did and probably at more intense reps well might as well just call it a day boys pack it up and jog it in yeah and that was the worst um it's and losing then before you even start exactly exactly so it, it's awesome that you have that mentality and that you're kind of sharing that with others that it's if you count yourself out mentally at the start even just during workouts or before you can get out the door, that can really, really mess you up. Uh, quick shout out before Ben Ben helps us move along. Uh, shout out to Emma Brown right now. Uh, she ended track season uh, talking about, she's a JBU runner of ours. Uh, she's going to be a sophomore this next year, is that right? Yeah. Um, still, still new to the sport, still figuring out how to be a runner. Um, but wants it so bad and wants to, uh, for the team's sake and her sake, uh, get faster. She into track season going, I, I want to really get after my training. And then, and then she messaged me recently saying that she, I think it has a stress fracture in one of her feet and, and is, has to be in a boot and whatnot. But what's been cool in the whole process is like, she's doing the necessary things to talk to doctors, uh, talking to coaches to figure out what kind of cross training to do, uh, so that she can be the Emma Brown version of Alica Pearson, uh, wherever she is in her Who's running world. Just right now. as good. Exactly. And, and like, uh, Emma it has an opportunity to take off as a runner if she, uh, even while she can't run, is still a runner because she's doing the little things like Alika you're talking about, doing the little things to prepare herself uh, for when she's actually able to be back on her feet. And so, like, Emma, you're killing it. Excited to see you come into this next cross season. Uh, whatever fitness level you're able to come in, you've bought into being a runner more than you have in the past. And so you're going to kill it. Do we want to hit on um, something that women runners deal with? We didn't really dive into that at all. Um, women runners? Yeah. Um, so women runners can often, and males are not excluded, um, suffer from uh, typically, well, now it's called Red S, which is Relative Energy Deficiency Syndrome. 
which is just not fueling enough for the amount of activity you're doing. Um, and a lot of girls come across this because running is kind of a, for spectators, it's a visual sport. Um, all sports are, but uh, so you're in a singlet, you're out there running, and people are watching your body. And for a lot of females, that is just really hard on their minds because they want to look good. And typically the thought is smaller is faster, which time and time again has been proven that that is not true. Um, so a lot of females kind of fall into the female athlete triad where they get an eating disorder because they're not fueling enough. Um, they then have iron deficiencies and anemia, and that leads to osteoporosis, which is when your bones get really brittle and they break up, and that can lead to stress fractures, Jeez. which is just a very vicious cycle of injuries for a lot of athletes. Um, and yeah, keep in mind, this does not exclude guys. It's just that they're typically better at eating uh, enough or at least more than females because, I don't know, man, their their bodies digest things better. <laughs> so Also, a lot of guys that are out there running, they have a full-on singlet on, and their shorts come down a lot. For, like, just kind of thinking of, like, I, I know that when I'm racing, I don't even think about how my... Okay, there, there's, like, a small moment when I'm putting my stuff on. I'm like, dang, I look good. But then that's, like... It. I'm never thinking about what other people are, and I think that could be, and there might be guys, and there probably definitely are guys that do, do think that, but the normal male uniform doesn't allow for uh, that ob object... Uh, objectification. Thank you! Objectification of the male body, and I feel like female athletes have a little bit harder to do with, with there's people that they, some companies have the Speedos, they have just the sports bra tank top, that's like their singlet. Um, and so it does allow for a lot more skin revealing, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, just kind of on its own. That's yeah, ex extremely different. And with that too, some people, some female runners do look great. And then the, all the girls around them that just have like quote unquote average bodies, they're like, man, I want to look like that. So then they go through the cycle of like restricting food and then that injures, well, injures them, hurts their performance, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that is something that is a big issue, and um, it's kind of led a lot of coaches now to, I think that it was kind of the thing where athletes would get weighed and coaches would tell them, hey, you need to lose weight for running and stuff, and that's kind of become not a trend now because this uh, eating disorder has become so large and has affected a lot of people, um, and uh, they're speaking out now and it's getting into the news and there's just a lot of articles about it now um, as opposed to earlier and so coaches are doing what they can to not put the focus on weight and how much well they would stress that you should eat enough but they would not say like limit what you're eating in order to get a, the perfect performance mm -hmm. weight and body um, that's a lot less common now which is good forward steps but it's still a big issue for girls to be getting enough food in. Um, also, not to mention, like, running a lot kind of suppresses your appetite. So you might not even be trying to restrict and you're just not eating enough. So, yeah, yeah. there's that to think about, too. That's um, crazy. Um, what can people in the community, both uh, men and women and coaches or fellow athletes, whoever it is, what are some steps do you think that they could be taking uh, to help this issue? 
Ooh. I don't know. We're still in like the first steps of it. Um, honestly, it's just a lot of work in telling athletes that they are worth a lot more than what they look like. Mm. Um, and their performance, they I, they need to either see proof of or, or like feel the proof of smaller does not equal faster. And that just happens either through research, I guess, or by feeling it themselves. I personally have felt that, but I didn't really get to a point where it was where I was too small. I just got to a point where I was getting really cold all the time. So that's almost (laughs) too small. Um, But then I just started feeling myself better. But I think that I was a lot more interested in the topic just because that's what I want to do when working with athletes and stuff. So I just started testing a bunch on my own training. And then I've I've not decreased in my abilities as I've gotten older. I've just gotten better, and I've also gained weight. So, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pudding. Which, which some of us should eat. Some of us should eat. How helpful would it be uh, if coaches started the conversation with their athletes that this is a thing that goes on across not only women uh, runners but also men runners? I think it would be helpful, um, especially like beginning of season, team training, like training camps kind of thing for coaches to enter in and say that it's a it's a thing and, and say, I guess if the coach is willing to talk to them, um, that they are open and, and available. But I would also recommend that the coach has a few other options of people um, or groups that a person can go to that they may feel more comfortable talking to about it. Yeah. If they find that they struggle with either body image or eating disorders, um, not getting enough. Some some athletes might just not get enough simply because they don't realize that they're working really hard all the time and they need more, and so they just need like the advice of a nutritionist. So yeah. having a few people on hand to say, hey, if you find yourself struggling with this, you can talk to this person or that person or yeah, etc. Yeah, uh, having these alternative uh, people to have a conversation with, you, you might have a very educated, well-meaning, caring uh, head coach, but it's a man, and for whatever, uh, for this reason or that, the female runner doesn't feel comfortable having uh, that vulnerable and personal of a conversation with someone of the opposite sex, and so like just that reason alone might be a good reason to have an alternative person to have the conversation with to point your athletes towards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of, if, if anyone out there is uh, looking for professional athletes or whatever athletes that um, kind of their story involves this. Uh, two people that I, as, from, as a male perspective, I think they've done phenomenal um, at advocating for women body positivity no matter what you're uh, specifically in running. So Molly Seidel, or Seidel, sorry, Molly Seidel. Uh, check her out <laughs> on Instagram, uh, check her out on Strava. She struggled through this through her time at Notre Dame um, and then into the beginning of her uh, professional career, and now she is an Olympian, bronze medalist, uh, well as um, Mary Kane. Uh, Mary Kane, she is the one who kind of broke this all out a couple years ago. Um, again, check her out on Instagram, Facebook, wherever it is. Probably more on Instagram. I don't think anyone actually uses Facebook anymore, unless you're a parent um, <laughs> or a child who wants to keep their parents satisfied. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mary Kane on Instagram, she is. Um, a great inspiration. Check out the company Tracksmith. She works for them. They are doing a lot for the sport um, in, in helping female athletes succeed, um, both in just general life as well as body positivity issues. Um, Alec, thanks for uh, allowing yeah. us to dive into that with you. I know that can even you and I have talked about that. I'm sure you and Ben have talked about it. Thanks for 
being vulnerable and, and willing to you know invite people over a podcast to, into that that topic and, and that part of your life. So thanks for that. Um, Alec, we're gonna move into like a, a more lighthearted, rapid fire, short stuff here. Ooh. I know, I know. At some we're, point, we'll probably come up with some sort of really good uh, uh, name for this segment. Oh yeah, maybe we call these repeats. Boom, just quick repeats. repeats. Bam. Um, <laughs> anyway, what is your least favorite part of running? My least favorite part of running. Ooh. Um, probably running in the really cold weather, to be honest. And you're moving to Colorado. Uh, however, it is dry cold, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we have wet cold here, which is a lot worse. Then, then you and I both ran in Colorado in college. Yeah, so. and I would say I would definitely agree. I would rather run in very dry, three feet of snow, than I would when it's 30 degrees outside, misting, and your bones hurt because it's so freaking cold no matter how many layers you put on. Yeah, right. So, yeah. so cold weather. Cold weather, yeah. Okay. I would rather be sweating buckets. But since that. I'm moving to Colorado, I won't be, which nope. is great. Yeah, because you're not going to sweat. It's just going to evaporate right off your skin. It's Woo! so freaking dry. You can sell all those buckets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Return them to Lowe's. Exactly. Keep that receipt. <laughs> um, okay. So what would be your then polar opposite of that, your antonym of that? Uh, what is your favorite part of running? Oh, boy. Um, my favorite part of running would be the feeling you get when you're on the track or eh, maybe in a long run, um, when you can push harder and your body responds and it goes faster. But these are for like longer rev things, not necessarily 200s. And you actually fly in your heart and your mind as well as your feet. That's nice. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> um, kind of riding off of that, what is your favorite workout that you can remember? Whether it's a sp- very specific <coughs> workout or if it's uh, just uh, one that you like to do that it's, it's a go-to. So I have two favorite track workouts and we'll start with the lesser of the two, which is six by 1K with the <laughs> 200 meter jog. Um, and then my favorite workout is 20 to 25 by 400 in lane four or five, where the recovery is a jog from the start to the um, stagger start. So from, short. From the waterfall to yeah. the stagger start. Short, short, short recovery. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And is it a walk or is it a jog to that? It is whichever one you are needing. Okay. Yeah. Taking short, slow steps, (laughs) maximizing that short distance of recovery. Uh, How quick are these 400s? Well, I've done several where they're around like 84 per 400. Mm -hmm. And then I've done one workout where the first few were 84s, but then all the other ones were like 81s with a few 79s in there. And I don't know what kind of crack I was on for that workout. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But definitely the good stuff. But definitely the good stuff. (laughs) Uh, if you've read the book Once a Runner, you know uh, what I'm referencing. I'm not going to spoil it for those who haven't read it because I'm sure there's enough young you runners read out it? there. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's why I'm not going to say it. But uh, for those that know, uh, you know about that scene in, uh, in Once a Runner uh, with all the 400s. Uh, so if you have yet to read Once a Runner, you need to uh, hop on Amazon uh, I will, uh, you message us. I will buy the book for you. This it is our weekly giveaway. Good. This is Boom. this week's giveaway. Boom. Message us. Uh, Call into the podcast will, once we have a phone number. I am messaging them <laughs> right now. <laughs> we'll have two giveaways. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, Amazing. Incredible. Yeah, that is by far one of my favorite books. Um, and I actually was going to do a book club with JBU guys, or really with anybody, but everyone was like, 
oh, I could do that, and then no one wanted to do it. That was a really good impersonation of a JPU run. Oh, thank you. Give it to me one more time. Uh, I don't want to do it. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> it sounds like a golden eagle. All right. Oh, wow. Ben, may I have Lay Book? Alec Pearson, incredible. Got awesome. that on my Garmin, hashtag awesome. Garmin watch. I think we're deciding right now <laughs> that every single episode, we will have a giveaway, and whoever texts Ben or Peter first... You have having... to find our numbers. Exactly. <laughs> there, will be a, there will be a scavenger hunt. It's okay, uh... <laughs> mine is going to be in the show notes, and you can text me and oh, ask gosh. me for their numbers. <laughs> You're, so either you can reconcile with Alica, whatever conflict you all have, or you can get our number from her to get the, the, the weekly giveaway. Uh, but I, I would say the, there's going to be uh, one uh, one giveaway each week. Love it. Um, and and, and you'll, uh, it might be a book. It might be... Could be one honey bar from... Scratch Labs Hydration Drink Mix. God, <laughs> I freaking hope not, because that bad, I sell that at Rush Running, and it is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> not cheap. <laughs> um, another, another rep... For uh, you know, question. That's uh, you like that? Um, <laughs> what is uh, if you? So we just did favorite workout, least favorite workout. What is like? It's on the schedule, and you're and it's the you have a slight slip in your mental, and you're like, oh, goodness gracious, I'm doomed today. Like, what is that? What is that workout? Yeah, what is that workout? That is a five k, three k, two k, one k. Yep, that. Mm-hmm. That'll do it. That doesn't sound fun at all. No. Uh, totally off the cuff question. Uh, just your when you think of your favorite running outfit, like oh when oh. I'm wearing when I'm wearing this I feel fast. And you can be as as detailed as you want. Right. Okay. So there are two. One of them. So we start with the shoes, mm. and they will be my blue and black pair of uh, Nike React Infinity twos and. The socks are going to be black and also Nike, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be Nike Pro Spandex. Hashtag Nike. Oh, wait. Back up. We are deleting Nike socks from my feet. Oh. We are going to put on some gray Hanes above ankle. (laughs) Another shout out to? Emma Brown. Golly. (laughs) Celebrity on the podcast. Um, yeah, gray above ankle um, socks that mm. you can get at Walmart in a six pack. Mm-hmm. Come with two black, two gray, and two white. Um, but you only want the gray ones. You only want the gray and the white one. So then we go to the Nike Pros. Mid thigh, upper thigh. They knee are length. three inch inseam. So okay. upper thigh. Um, so for my long run outfit, we go into a like kind of light turquoisey blue Nike running long sleeve that I found at a Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Hair can be either in a ponytail or in two braids. Um, okay, so if we're doing a tank top, we'll say like 58 degrees plus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be tank top. What if it's 57 degrees? T-shirt. Got to get that T-shirt on. Uh, well, for, for shorts versus leggings, yeah. all, it's 32 degrees for me. Okay. Um, I can't do... Leggings make me really hot. Yeah. So I... It'll, like 30 to 32, I'll still be wearing shorts. And then below that, I'll be wearing leggings. Um, anyways, tank top, whether tank top will be a midriff gray tank top that I found at a TJ Maxx in Lake Jackson, Texas. Which, for reference, I'm from Silent Springs, Arkansas. And that's about 10 hours away. Um, that I always find that the best uh, TJ Maxx finds are, are outside of an eight-hour driving radius. Right. Yeah. Hey, if you do need some fun running shoes, 
you can always check out a TJ Maxx. They randomly have very expensive running shoes huh. on their shoe rack. So I go there probably once every two weeks, you know, pick up some Alpha Flies, pick up some Nike you Victories. Found some Alpha Flies? I haven't, but I've seen them okay. that people have posted online, and it is Ooh. nutty. That's they were like fifteen dollars. Bro, like, that is yeah. So go oh. and hunt. TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Burlington Coat Factory. Man, I'm giving a ton of shots. Sp- hashtag sponsors. Yeah. Not really. But yeah. also, but. quick plug, um, do not buy full-priced running shoes if they're Nike because you can find them on GOAT for so much less than regular regular price. G-O-A-T, GOAT. It's a great dot app. Com, dot .gov. There's an app. It's definitely not a gov right, or an edu. It's where everyone gets their really bougie shoes, um, and I go there to get typically like $160 and $120 shoes for anywhere from $70 to $80. I always find, though, that the shoes that are actually uh, at, a, at a clearance price uh, are sizes on either ends of the spectrum. Mm. I, I've never found that, like the nine and a half that I am. Maybe maybe the women's that, shopping that is, is different. That is not on GOAT. Okay. You should um, you should check the women's section. That's I, what I yeah. also do. I Sometimes always, they I put always... 11s and 12s for the men's or yeah. you can just size down. Really the difference coming from a guy who works at a shoe store right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, and probably will for a long time. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, we all need to buy shoes from brick and mortar stores. Yes, such of course. As Rush support running. your local. You would never Absolutely want to turn not. us away from Rush Running. Of course I, not. I would want to turn you away from Rush Running for <laughs> shoes because it's overpriced. Oh no! Wow. Well, Mike Rush, when you're a uh, guest on our podcast in the future, you can uh, you can refute that. We have we have a clearance section. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Invincible is currently forty percent off. Get them while they're hot. They're hot right now? Very hot. They're uh, under the burner. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> do you have that in Celsius? Uh, well, I mean, if it's hot, it's got to be, what, like 40, 50? Yeah. I mean, 30 is boiling in Celsius. Shoot. 30? Right? No. No way. I don't know. 30 is 100 in Celsius, right? I don't know. 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Yeah, dude, that, <laughs> Fahrenheit. That, Fahrenheit. that Fahrenheit is sick. That's tight. Uh, I'm pretty sure 100 Fahrenheit is 30 Celsius. My Canadian friends out there, uh, you can let me know. Anyway. Uh, Alka, we got, I got I got maybe one or two more things for you. So you encounter someone who's new to running. They're a little discouraged. For whatever the, the, the made-up scenario in my head is, training's not going how they thought. Their workouts are harder than they thought, and they just feel like they can't finish it. What elevator pitch of encouragement do you give them to keep on keeping on? Um, if they have trouble finishing a workout, there are two methods that I seen one of them is not like kind of reserving in the beginning of the workout so that you can finish the entire workout out Um, that is not the one that I would choose the second option is doing the reps as best you can close to what your goals are um, and do as many of the whatever your workout is as you can till the point where you can no longer go um, forth with the workout but you have completed it to the standard that you wish, time-wise, and then the next time you do the same workout, try to go further within that workout than you did the previous time. Um, Instead of, you know, I'm going to save stuff for the end of the workout, give it all, every rep, every time, until you can no longer go, because that's how you push your body um, with progressive overload. Wow. 
and ding, 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 look at that. You're at your floor, you step off, and they are feeling encouraged. The elevator pitch is yeah. over. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Incredible. Um, my, my last question, I don't know if Pete has anything else he wants to follow up with or if you have closing thoughts and all that good stuff, but what is the hardest day for you to get out the door? Like, if there's, like, what, wh whatever it is, you wake up and you're like, I just don't want to run. What is normally that? What's, what spikes that? And then how do you get out the door? If you get out the door. Oh boy. So it doesn't really happen too often that I just don't want to run. Yeah. Um, but typically when I <laughs> have run so much mileage that I kind of hit burnout is when I just don't feel like running anymore. Uh, so it's really hard to, to keep running at those times. Um, but generally I just enjoy running enough to where going out and doing it is not a mental bother. Love that. I think I think we're we're ready to wrap it up. Uh, uh, our listeners, you should know that uh, that Ben uh, in his personal training, he's got a nice easy eight miles to run today. I'm recovering mm -hmm. from some calf issues and a bike wreck. Um, Alika's got her own kind of ailments she's dealing with right now, and so uh, I think Alika and I are going to hop on a bicycle. Uh, she'll be on one, I'll be on another. I don't have a tandem right now. Uh, <laughs> she's going to be on the pegs behind. <laughs> Uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna follow along with Ben Ledbetter as he's going on a, a little uh, just a joyride eight miles. Yeah, today. Just, uh, just an easy eight cruising, nothing special, and ninety degree heat because I don't want to wait for the sun to go down uh, again uh, for like the fifth day in a row. I've been running in the dark and I'm yeah, tired of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a nice easy eight today. Tomorrow I've got a little progression. Um, kind of like a little, it's actually not a progression run. It's an out and back uh, negative split. Is what we're calling it. Nice. So go out. Uh, however long the distance is, so I have eight tomorrow as well. So I go out four miles, and the goal is to beat uh, my time back. So whatever the halfway split is on the way out, I just have to beat that on the way back. Um, my coach, who is Mike Smith, not Mike Smith. Man, I freaking wish it was Mike Smith. That would be no. sick. And hey, you, baby, let's go. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Mike Rush, way better. Um, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he's just We're just getting a little dabble of fitness and seeing where we're at as we kind of build up some mileage here. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, so episode one kind of is a wrap. Yeah, Alika, thanks for yeah, thanks sharing for some brunch with us. Thanks for sharing your running world with us. Let's go get some miles in. Brunch.